James Steele, our producer, is not here tonight. He called in sick. But I assume, Ian, it was him that put that intro together from Amber and Ian on Friday. And where he did me so dirty was that later in the show for our actual Pick'em Challenge, I picked the Chiefs. So officially on record... In our Pick'em Challenge, I picked the Chiefs because it's the Chiefs. They were coming off of a loss. You never get a bet against Patrick Mahomes coming off of a loss when he's got anything to prove, and he had something to prove after that flu game. But all James did was show you the earlier segment where, of course, I did the homer pick and I rocked with my <laughs> I have golfers. to say. I covered all my bases. Unless that was you, Rachel. Did you that, do me that was, that was me, but, but, oh. but, but, with the caveat, he told me what segment to pick because I even said – should I get the part where Amber's talking about being nervous about playing Pat Mahomes after the flu game? He's like, no, no, no. Just get where she picked the Dolphins. So, Rachel, you're your own woman. You don't I listen tried. to that James Steele. How are we doing in the Pick'em Challenge? I haven't, I haven't had a pick since like week one. Let's not ask. Let's just keep it moving along. Well, here's the deal. I, for a while, was allowing whatever co-host, because you're out on Fridays, Ian Fitzsimmons, being much cooler than us here, uh, you're always working. Okay. So you've got a good excuse. So because you're busy, obviously, with college football on our college football coverage in this past weekend, college football and an NFL game as well, there's normally somebody in your seat. And I have been deferring to them a lot each and every week, whoever's in that seat. Hasn't been going so well. <laughs> so I'm blaming them. I'm blaming co-host one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. I'm blaming them. <laughs> so you are your own woman, Amber Wilson. Hurry. I got you. I got <laughs> well you. Well done, Rachel. Be a part of Amber Woo. and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The one that fans deserve. We've got a lot to unpack today. There's big breaking news in the world of college football that we will get to later in the show regarding the Michigan sign stealing scandal. The Big Ten has provided some notice that maybe penalties will be forthcoming. No real details on what those are. Michigan has until Wednesday to respond to the Big Ten. They're threatening potential legal action. So there is some stuff to discuss there. But let's start with tonight because Monday night football is upon us. Chargers at the Jets. This game kicks off in a little over an hour from now. When it gets going, we will absolutely keep you updated on all the action here on Amber and Ian. What are you looking forward to in this one, Ian? Well, I'm, I'm, I can't always enjoy watching Justin Herbert play ball, man. He, he is just – he's an absolute privilege to watch. I've had the, the privilege to, to see him in person uh, as a field analyst and reporter three times, and he's just – and when you watch that dude spin the ball, and the way he commands that the, the huddle and how teammates gravitate to him, it's remarkable. He's playing with that banged-up uh, ring finger on his non-throwing hand. It's gotten better, but he doesn't have Mike Williams. Josh Palmer is also at a wide receiver against that Jets defense. I mean, it, it's going to be a daunting task, to say the least, for the Chargers. But they are a road three-point favorite, total around 41 Look, everyone's taking the under, and I get it because the under's been hitting over sixty percent this year in the National Football League. Really? I'm all yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's defense wins uh, championships. Prime time, yeah. Amen, amen, sister, amen. And but especially this year, and then in prime time games, the under has hit nine of the last ten times. So by having said all of that, you know the damn over's going to hit. But I like, I do like the (laughs) under. And everybody and their mama is on the Jets. And Amber, you know me. I'm a contrarian. I like to go the other way. I like to root where I just was. 
with the the guys who big build build big buildings in the desert. All right, for a reason. They don't lose. They need the Chargers tonight. Big. So I'm going bet to your hands, bleed. Give me the Chargers minus three. I like the Chargers minus a half in the first quarter. And also, yeah, I'm going with America on this one. I, do, I, I took the under, Amber. And that Jets defense, they are they're some nasty, relentless ball hawkers. So hopefully we get the under. But I'm also excited to watch, you know, the little boy wonder play and, and spin it at quarterback for the New York Jets. He's playing pretty well recently. You know, he's managing the game. He's not turning the ball over a ton. So let's see what he's got tonight against a, a pretty good Chargers defense as well. We spend so much time, I feel like, talking about the Jets and not very much time talking about the Chargers, even though the Chargers are one of those teams that should be good. And even though the Chargers are one of those teams that has a quarterback who, frankly, is a superstar, right? Or most people feel like he's up near that status regardless. But the thing is with the Chargers is it's a team that, I mean, they're not even second placed in the AFC West. They've had major defensive problems this season. 24 points per game they're allowing it's the 23rd most in the NFL so they this is a very flawed Chargers team and we know whenever we've talked about the Chargers the injuries been made them. about oh, the coaching God. but that's what I was gonna say yeah. it's not just the coaching this time this time it's a lot of injuries you saw it even with Austin Eckler for this Chargers team where he just has not looked like himself all season long and then last week he seemed to actually get it going against the Chicago Bears now maybe finally he's fully healthy and maybe that factors into this are they able to build off of that 13 30 13 win over the Bears last week where they felt like they were finally along with Eckler starting to get their groove I don't hate the idea that the Chargers have a really good shot tonight even though that Jets defense has looked legit all season. Amen. Right, There's no doubt. There's, I mean, absolutely. They're, they're just hunters on that side. So I can't wait to watch it. I mean, it's an outs- it's a fun Monday night football game because the Chargers are trying to keep pace at three and four. The Jets with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, have won f- what four of our last or three of our last four. I mean, it's 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 got so many different storylines going, and then of course the big one. That everyone's talking about and it lit the Twitterverse up or X, whatever we're calling it. I mean, you know, and every, we, we, we saw Aaron Rodgers walking into the stadium, walking into MetLife, did not have to have the cart. It was like Rocky Balboa, you know, coming into the ring. And here he is. Oh my gosh, he's not riding a cart. He's walking on his own. He is superhuman. You're shaking your head, Amber, like I was. That's I mean, so it's stupid. It's like, and it's here stupid. he comes, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers has entered the building. He is not riding a cart. He does not need a lift. He is throwing balls on the sidelines. Look at him go. He couldn't return. My goodness, Amber. What is he what is he proving if he comes back this season? Even like I, I mean, really, honest, what does it do? What does it prove? That it, it, we should all proves- go into the woods and take some ayahuasca? Like what actually it like I don't fully understand it from that, but I feel like he's like on some mission to prove something, but I'm not really sure what it is because you know, he went to the best doctor in the country that none of us have access to and had a very fancy surgery that most of us don't have access to. So I don't really know. And then he has got all the physical therapists that none of the rest of us have access to and the rehab facility that none of us have access to. And then he makes his way back. And then what? Like we're like, we feel like he's some demigod or something. I really, I don't understand it. It's like, all right. I mean, it'd be nice if he's getting back to just help the 
Jets if that's the focus, but it feels like with the parading week in and week out that there's some bigger message he's trying to send, and I don't know what it is. If I'm Zach Wilson, I want nothing to do with any of Like, just stop, bro. Just stop. Stop in front of the cameras for 10 seconds. Let me go out there and play my game. And if you make it back, you make it back. And everybody can see you when you get closer to that point. But why right now, when you're not ready to play, are you constantly, every single week, taking all the attention away from the dudes who are actually doing the playing? You know what? Zach Wilson enjoys it, having him there. Maybe. I'm telling you. I mean, it's, it's... I His teammates like having him there. He, he actually suggested a couple play calls a few weeks ago that worked. You know, I mean, not, not I mean, so when you have that guy in the building, I get that part. I, I disagree with you as far as Zach. I think Zach wants him in there. I mean, he, 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 he picks his Zach brain on the him? sidelines. Like, look, you need to look at this next time. If he's playing with this corner's playing with inside leverage, here's his tell. You know, that's one of your checks, your pre-snap reads. That is a benefit not just to Zach, but to the entire team. Because if he is able to come back by some miracle, which would be, as a guy who's had 16 surgeries on my right foot, I mean, I am in awe. I was kidding him, you know, to the nth degree. But it is remarkable. This dude just had Achilles surgery not long ago in week one. And here he is, what, eight weeks later, and he's not needing a card. He's not in a walking boot. That is remarkable. But I think it is remarkably beneficial for not just Zach, but his teammates to have him down there on the sidelines and on a headset. It's, it's somewhat <laughs> remarkable. It's great that he's, that he's healing fast with all the fancy stuff that he has access to. I'm not taking anything away <laughs> from the work that he's putting in. And also, I don't disagree with you that it's a benefit to Zach Wilson and everybody else when he's out there in terms of the play calling and in terms of helping the You're understanding the of the playbook and all that. I'm talking yeah. about the showmanship. Yeah, okay. Like he can be there in the locker room. He can even be there on the sidelines. He can be in the facility. He can be helping everybody in every which way as the ultimate teammate. I'm talking about the showmanship. I'm talking about the three-step drops and throwing the football in front of the cameras or the walking into the facility without crutches in front of the cameras. It's every single week. That's the part that I don't understand. Come back or don't come back. That's fine. And it'll be a remarkable story, I guess, if you do. But in all these weeks leading up to whatever that ultimate point is, at some point he's coming back. And all the weeks leading up to it, I just I don't understand the incessant parading. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian. We're going to hit some of the games from yesterday that might have flown under the radar. We'll do some quick hitters, NFL style. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. That was an Aaron Rodgers watch. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can find him on social at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also always chime in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. All everybody's talking about today, Ian, is the biggest of the NFL games from yesterday, right? I mean, it's easy to talk about Dallas, Philadelphia. It's easy to talk about Bills, Bengals, right? Dolphins, Chiefs. Those are the big boys yesterday that everyone's spending time on. I think, though, there were some wild stories and wild games around the NFL that aren't getting enough coverage. So let's get to those from week nine. The football season never ends with Amber and Ian. This is the Harry Up. Texans 39, Buccaneers 37. C.J. Stroud, he made NFL history yesterday. And thanks to him, the Texans and the Bucks also combined to make history. A score, scoregami, a score we've never seen before in NFL history. It looked like the Bucks were going to win this thing. They were leading 33-30. Then Stroud happened. He engineered a game-winning 75-yard drive, 40 seconds, and ended the game on a 15-yard touchdown pass to Tank Dell with just six seconds left. You could not have planned it better if you're the Texans and if you're C.J. Stroud. And frankly, I felt a little bit bad for Baker because he also did a phenomenal yeah, job down the stretch. The Bucks did a phenomenal job. Looked like they did exactly what they needed to do, and they just left C.J. Stroud too much time. Amber, C.J. Stroud set a rookie quarterback record for the most passing yards in a single game with 470, beating Andrew Luck's 433. He also became just a third quarterback in NFL history to throw for at least 470 yards and five touchdowns in a single game without a pick, joining Y.A. Tittle and Ben Roethlisberger as the only ones to do it. And the Texans, their kicker, Fairbairn, got hurt They'd have a running back come in and kick a 29-yard field goal, which they damn sure needed in the fourth quarter to be to be in a position to have C.J. Stroud have that game-winning drive and, and throw that touchdown pass to win it with six seconds to go. Remarkable game, bowing down to the Buckeye, known as C.J. Stroud. A record-setting performance. I was frustrated that they kept trying to go for two and kept trying not to put the game in the kicker's hand since they did not have a kicker and had to go to their backup running back. Because what I learned from the Texans is backup running backs kicking footballs is a lot more fun than kickers kicking footballs. (laughs) And that dude deserves so much credit. I mean, the kickoffs, the field goal that he did make, it's remarkable. I know he grew up playing soccer. It is remarkable to see that dude just get out there in that situation and be able to do anything that looks anything like kicking that football like a professional. So that was a really fun component of that game. 
The Scorigami is the 1,080th unique final score in NFL history with the game ending 39-37 to for the first time ever. Let's keep it moving. Raiders 30, Giants 6. So apparently the Las Vegas Raiders are a completely different team without Josh McDaniels. And this one's frustrating, of course, for Giants fans. They lose Daniel Jones now for the rest of the season. Uh, just terrible luck. For New York, I think their priorities now are going to shift moving forward. But let's talk about Las Vegas for a minute because they were smoking cigars in the locker room like as if they won the Super Bowl. And it felt like a big stick in it to Josh McDaniels. It, it, not just feeling like it. I mean, that, that was like the to hell with Josh McDaniels bowl game. I mean, <laughs> uh, it was remarkable. Max Crosby, they're out there, all pro defensive end, bought cigars for the entire team. And w- walking into that building, I had several players when before they padded up telling me that I knew from college, dude, it's just a different feel around here. Get ready. Get ready. And I felt like, is there ever a time that I would go Brent Musburger and bet on a game I'm calling? Because, I mean, they were immensely confident. And then when Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, was walking out 30 minutes before kick toward the Raiders tunnel, there was a chant that broke out amongst the rowdiest of Raiders nation saying, thank you, Mark. Now, I had to go over and ask a couple of them. You were saying, thank you, right? Thank you. <laughs> not <laughs> right? not yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah. And ah. it was like, oh, yeah, man, we got, you can't keep a mistake in the building. And it felt completely different, a whole new vibe. The players were telling me that before the game. You saw it on the field. AOC, Aiden O'Connell, the rookie out of Purdue, had a spectacular game. Nine sacks against the Giants. Man, there's a different feel. Watch out. Raiders might be a team. I know it's one game. They might be a team to be reckoned with. It's one game. And by the way, you and I did pick the Raiders in the Pick'em Challenge oh, because okay. teams get the boost. I actually, I think I went 3-0 and this week in our Pick'em Challenge. Teams get the boost because they do tend to get that whole fired coach boost the next game, yeah. right? And we've seen it before, and, and we've we'll seen it very over. much... Yeah, we've seen it not go well after the initial game. So we'll see how much of it was emotion from that or how much of it is just this Raiders team needing a true change. And that Jake Glazer report about the team meeting and the whole thing and Adam Schefter confirmed, hey, if Jake Glazer said it, he said on McAfee today, if Jake Glazer said it, then it's true. Such a weird stuff that has happened. Um, we'll coming touch out on that more Vegas. later on because there's, t- there's a lot. There's a lot there that I was all told. Of that. There's so much oh, to yeah. unpack, but the Raiders definitely got a big one there for morale. Let's keep. By it the moving. way, hold on a second. Oh. Here, here, here's Amber. This is what I love about you. You got to be right. You go three and zero. Oh, I picked. Got to be right. Everyone earlier about ten minutes ago when we, 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 I asked nope, what's our record, it was hey. Oh, your your filling co-hosts stink. They're awful. Three and zero. Amber got it. She's her own woman when she's right. (laughs) Only when I'm right. I love it. Ravens 37, Seahawks 3. The rare occasion I'm wrong, it ain't my fault. That's for dang sure. Ravens, Seahawks, Baltimore, 37-3. Just waxed the Seattle Seahawks. Gino has been rough lately. We've gotten, I think, the last four games he's thrown interception, something like that. He has not looked nearly as good this season as he did last season. But overall, that Seahawks team has been okay. It just looks like this Ravens team might be phenomenal. Seattle went one for 12 on third down. You think that defense in Baltimore right now is hunting? Mm -hmm. Kyle Van Noy had two sacks and a forced fumble. 32 years old, the BYU Cougars still getting it done. I mean, they ran the ball effectively. It's They've beaten two division leaders in the NFC 
I mean, when I say beaten, I'm talking like punked, chicken kicked, and beaten to a pulp in the Detroit Lions and now the Seattle Seahawks. The Baltimore Ravens, for some reason, I guess it's the Chiefs and the Fish and, you know, everything else going on in the AFC. The Bengals now getting hot. Not a single team in the AFC North has a losing record. They're in that division, and they're a 7-2 team, and not a lot of people are talking about them. Watch out for Baltimore, Amber. They are legit. They are legit. We thought they would be legit. It looked a little rougher, I think, at the beginning of the season than people expected, and maybe that's why. Remember that loss against the Steelers? Who else did the Ravens lose to? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, who was the second loss to for the Ravens? I'm having a brain the Colts, going. The Colts. There you go, Colts. The Colts. I knew it was two ugly losses, and so that's why, right? You, you have a couple ugly losses, and people start thinking, eh, maybe you're not as good this season as we thought you were going to be. Well, listen, you're adjusting your Lamar Jackson to a new playbook. There's going to be some growing pains. Those growing pains appear to, appear to have very much worked themselves out. Baltimore looks very much like the real deal. Next. Vikings 31, Falcons 28. The Minnesota Vikings, led by quarterback Josh Dobbs, stunning comeback win over the Atlanta Falcons, namely stunning because Josh Dobbs didn't even know the name of his teammates. <laughs> As he said after the game, I knew some of their first names. I didn't know everybody's last name. He's, he's like grabbing his offensive line and going over his cadence on the field. What a remarkable performance. And look, I'm a tip of the cap to Taylor Heineke and a loss for the Atlanta Falcons. Played his butt off, but the story obviously is Josh Dobbs traded from Arizona to Minnesota on Tuesday, goes in nameless, gets a dub. Remarkable. I don't understand it. I just, I mean, I just don't even understand how you can execute it. His coach is yelling in his ear, like, hey, that guy over there is running this route, and then the next guy's this route, and the next guy, and you might want to check down to that guy over there. Wild. Coming up next, Ooh. speaking of coaching, coach Herm Edwards joins us in studio. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Back here on Amber and Ian. And it's not just Amber and Ian, but Coach Herm Edwards live in studio as well. And Coach, thanks so much for spending some of your time with us. I want to jump right into things because what I learned from Houston yesterday was that I think NFL teams should be required to pick one guy not in a kicking position (laughs) on their roster every game and have them kick a field goal. Your thoughts? 
My, uh, <laughs> it, it's funny you say that because I was actually that guy. I was the backup kicker. And I was <laughs> when I was in Philly, and I always used to tell our kicker every time I'd go. We had Tony Franklin. Remember Tony Franklin, the kid that oh, uh, yeah. that you know. And I used to tell him, I said, "Man, don't even mess around. Pretend like you're hurt. You got to kick." <laughs> I said, "Cause I, I don't want to go out here and do this." But th- it was that was tremendous. That was fun to watch. That I was just trying to figure out why did they wait so long? Because there was a couple times they could have kicked field goals, they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and and then all of a sudden he, he, he kicks one. I go, why didn't he do this in the beginning? Why just instead of going for two all the time? But hey, what do I know? Well, did you lot. practice? Yeah, did you? Yeah, practice I was a kicker in kicker? high school. I was a kicker okay. in high school. But the problem is, I just kicked off. We never kicked field goals when we scored touchdowns. Our, our high school team, we went for two. We 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 didn't bother kicking a field goal. We just went for two. There so, you go. So Justin Reed, move on over, man. Here come the Houston Texans, right? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, there it is. And, <laughs> and and before Justin, it was Herm Edwards. Yeah. How about that? Coach, Cowboys and Philadelphia. This time, mm. you can't blame Dak. And and, for, and also, how about we just give some praise for the first time, right? And and look at what Philadelphia is doing right now. You lose both coordinators. Your quarterback's a bit banged up, and you're still 8-1. and one. When you watch that game, what truly stood out to you between Cowboys and Eagles? Well, I thought both quarterbacks played really good. And um, I just think it was one of those games. The red zone ended up, you know, being the difference for the Cowboys. They get down there. And, and twice inside the five, they didn't score. Uh, but also, uh, when you look back at it, uh, I thought Philadelphia played a little conservative with about six minutes left in this game. If you remember, they had the, they had the ball three times and went three and out, three times in a row, and gave the Cowboys opportunities to come back and beat them. So that was kind of interesting as well. You know, they got a lead. I get it. You're trying to close the game out. But just turn it around, handing it off, it ain't working. These Cowboys are stacking the box. You're not running the ball. They had they had three possessions and punted three times in a row, went three and out. The last possession was only 31 seconds. So mm-hmm. they got to clean that up on the bye week. They have to clean that up. That was one of the great games, though, on mm-hmm. Sunday. We got a few great games on Sunday. Who's the best team coach right now in the AFC? I would say the Ravens. Um, because of the way that Lamar Jackson's all of a sudden um, getting comfortable in this new offense. When you think about what he's been able to do, uh, they have an outstanding defense. We know that, holding opponents to 13 points. But now Lamar is buying time in the pocket to throw, not to run. And, and that's a dangerous combination. And what's really dangerous for any team in the AFC, if these guys mess around and get the best record and you got to go play them in Baltimore, good luck. It's good luck. Man, Coach, look at that division. How would you like to, how would you like to be coaching in that damn that's, thing right I now in the what, AFC North? That's, that's, that's tough stuff over there. You know, and Cincinnati's coming on. But I, they might have dug themselves too deep of a hole early. They'll still get in the playoffs, I do believe. Um, but I, I think the way the Ravens are playing, now they might have a oops because there's always an oops, right? There, there's one of, it, it's, just, it's just NFL. You know, it's like there's a oops. But I've always stressed this. When you're a good team – it's one thing to lose to a team comparable or, or, or maybe a team maybe a slight better. You can't lose to losing teams now. You, you can't do that. The, 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 this part of the season, you cannot lose to losing teams because you find yourself in a bad way. It could cost you a division title. Herm Edwards in studio here on Amber and Ian. And, Coach, 
We talked about the Texans. What we didn't talk about is that quarterback oh. right now who I mean, well on his way to a rookie of the year award. Most people thought the number one overall pick in Bryce Young was going to the much better situation just in terms of the trajectory of the teams this season. And yet CJ Stroud is quite literally out here setting NFL records. What do you make about what Stroud's done? No different than what he did in college. He's, he's a quarterback that, that plays with a lot of poise. The, the game is, is not too big for him. It's not too fast for him. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's accurate. Um, he has enough mobility where he can move in the pocket. He can run some if he needs to. Um, he has really caught everyone's eye when you think about his numbers. I mean, he's on, what, 14 touchdown passes now, only one interception. He's on his way to throwing 25, at least 25 touchdown passes, and uh, Namiko Ryan's is doing an excellent job there. You know, look at this team, and you say, you know what, the, 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 the Jaguars are the the favorite in that division. I I I get all that, but but these guys are four and four with a rookie quarterback, a first year head coach. This is a hard out when you play these guys. Yeah, ain't no doubt, man. That's that's Namiko yeah. Ryan's. That's yeah. the personality of a coach when he played at Bama. When yeah. he played for years in the National Football League. Herm Edwards here with us on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson. I'm me and Fitzsimmons. If you can. Put into layman's terms what Josh Dobbs did coming in on Tuesday oh. after being traded from Arizona to the Minnesota Vikings. Doesn't even know all his teammates' names. <sighs> hey, he sure as hell doesn't know the playbook, right? Well, well, first of all, and, <laughs> and, and you get a win. You don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about this. Amber knows about this, and my wife knows about this. His new name is Josh Kashmir. Dobbs. <laughs> and you know, when you, I, I've touched it every once in a while, my wife will allow me to touch it. But that cashmere is pretty dead gum smooth, man, and soft now. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, this young guy went in there and, you know, you can tell how smart he is to be able to pick up this offense as the backup guy now. He went there as the backup guy. not that, And then someone gets hurt, you got to throw him in the game. And, and, you know, and it's kind of ironic because the Vikings last year won 11 games by one score. And you look at them now, they, they've switched quarterbacks now, and you look at this and you go, now, now they, they won just like they did last year. You know, they got this guy in here. He kind of shows up. He just, Josh Dobbs, everybody kind of knows who he is. He kind of walks in the locker room. You're, you're going to play. Oh, really? When? Start. You go in the game now. And they end up winning this game. It, this is remarkable. G- great coaching, but really, he did, a, he did an excellent job. I mean, that, that's unbelievable to win a football game like that. That's pretty unbelievable. Watching Antonio Pierce get Mm. his first win as Las Vegas Raiders interim head coach. Also a pretty unbelievable experience. And then the way that the team reacted, all smoking cigars in the locker room afterwards, like they just won a Super Bowl. What do you make about that situation in Vegas? When I saw at the end of it, um, I I, kind of chuckled and I said, those are the Raiders that I used to play against in that locker room <laughs> with those cigars, you know. I mean, when the Raiders would come, when, when they would when they would come to your hometown, you hid your children, you locked the doors because <laughs> this was the Raiders. Now, it really, I mean, they they were a bunch of pirates, right? And and they had a swagger about themselves, the way they played. I thought they played with tremendous energy. And understand this, they changed the quarterback. People are not talking about that. They changed the quarterback. I was there, Herm. He was sensational. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, rookie out of yeah. Purdue, was fantastic. And I'm like, come on. And it's like, okay. But, but, look, and, I, and I've said this, and I really mean this, and I learned this when I, when I came in the league. When the Raiders are relevant, the league's better. Yeah. When the Raiders are relevant, the league is better. It's just better because of the history of these guys and 
the fear you had when the Raiders came to your town. It was like, well, the Raiders are coming. You know, they got the patch on the right. For for the last decade, they've been playing with two patches, and they, they can't see. <laughs> they, they, they played with one patch yesterday <laughs> and played pretty good. Yeah, they did. And nine sacks, too. Oh, I mean, I boy. know it's the Giants. That'll, but no, it doesn't sacks. matter. That'll win you games when you get nine sacks. Hey, how do you feel? You you, you make your home in California. Yep. How are Clipper fans feeling about James Harden hey, right now? Hey, stop. stop. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I ain't got to worry about that. I got them other guys I got to worry about. Those guys with them yellow uniforms. <laughs> would you sign James Harden? Would you want, you're a Laker uh, fan. Would you want James Harden on the uh, Lakers? Uh, n- no. We, 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 we have enough things going on with my Lakers, uh, and I won't even get into that. I'm, I'm going to be nice today. Don't don't get me started. That's a I'm off, trying to. The, 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 that is an off, off the camera, off the microphone conversation because I want to make sure when I do go to a Laker game, they say, Coach, you coming to see us again? Yeah, I'm coming to see you again. We're good. You know, and I can smile. And walk. Yeah, that's, that's what I do, Smart walk man. in the building and see all my guys. And hug and, Coach, you, you coming to this week? Yeah, I'm coming to the game. It's all good. Not you don't you don't get courtside by ta- uh, being too critical, Ian. Uh, not, uh, let the man live. Not of the Lakers. <laughs> not of the Lakers, please. <laughs> coach Herm Edwards, thanks so much, Coach. My pleasure. You're the best. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, the latest from the Michigan sign-stealing scandal, a major update in college football. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Rolling along here on Amber and Ian. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me at Amber W Sports. I see what you're doing here, Rach, with the I saw the sign stuff. Very well done. Tipped my cap to you because we are talking about the Michigan sign stealing scandal. Just a couple hours ago, Adam Rittenberg dropped a story on the dot com. Big Ten informs Michigan it might face disciplinary action. So let's bring in the man, Adam Rittenberg, to discuss this one, ESPN College Football Insider. And Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Let's just start with the basics. The Big Ten sent Michigan a letter on what's included in the Big Ten sportsmanship policy. Why? What does this effectively do? 
Right, Amber. So this is a part of the procedure of disciplining a university under the sportsmanship policy. It has to provide a formal notification from Commissioner Tony Petiti, who does have the exclusive authority to act under that policy. And Michigan now has, uh, you know, until Wednesday, I'm told, to respond to that. And then, you know, the Big Ten outlines some of its evidence. And I'm told, you know, really didn't focus on Jim Harbaugh, but more, you know, hey, this, we know this happened. And, you know, someone has to answer for something that compromised the integrity of events involving not just Michigan, but other teams in the conference. And so this is, again, part of that procedure. And then Michigan will respond, and then we'll see what Tony Petiti ultimately decides. Again, according to that sportsmanship policy, he can impose a two-game suspension and a $10,000 fine on his own. If he wants to go above that, he would have to get approval from a committee, but I'm told that that, that, would, that would happen. If he wants to go above that, he, he, he should be able to get that approval. Yeah, the, the, the amount of just, just, I mean, vitriol, but it's coming from the coaches, athletic directors, other, other presidents in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, I, there's, I'm with you. There's no doubt about that he would be able to get that major disciplinary action if he wanted to from the joint group executive committee. One thing you really cleared up for me, Adam, in, in this piece today, we highly recommend everyone to go read it, is that the potential discipline for Michigan, would it be uh, as far as imposing a ban for the college football playoff or would it be just on Jim Harbaugh, team-related or just coach-related? Yeah, if it's, it really would be coach-related is what I'm told. Is that it's, Somebody in Michigan even told me the other day, Tony doesn't want to penalize the kids. He doesn't want to penalize the players for the, the sins of, of, of others on that staff um, if, if those allegations are proven true. So I, I think if there were discipline, it would be towards Jim Harbaugh. It would be you know, some type of suspension. Now, you know, how long a suspension, that's certainly something that's being talked about. Um, you know, one thing that's interesting that someone brought up to me today is would Tony Petiti have the authority to suspend Jim Harbaugh beyond the Big Ten championship game? Because that would be postseason play. That would be a college football playoff issue. But that's another layer to this crazy story um, and something that, if again, if they impose any type of discipline, Michigan will take legal action to any way it can to push back against that. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN College Football Insider, joining us here on Amber and Ian. You said that Michigan has until Wednesday to issue a response. What does that response look like? I mean, what is it just Michigan defending itself, saying none of these allegations are true? Or, I mean, what, what exactly are we looking for here from Michigan? Yeah, it, you know, it would be, um, I think, something to that to that degree, Amber. You know, you saw the letter that, University President Santa Ono sent to Tony Petiti um, outlining their position, saying you have to respect due process here. The NCA investigation, which we all know would take much, much longer uh, to conclude. And so I would imagine it's something along those lines and then also stating that, hey, if you do this, we are certainly going to fight back. And, um, you know, then it could come down to uh, a judge and an injunction. And I know you know that world, Amber. It's, it, it could certainly uh, lengthen the, the process of an actual penalty being served by Jim Harbaugh. I don't we know you got to run last one. Uh, their AD, Ward Manuel, he's, he's on the college football playoff selection committee. Will he be traveling to, to, for the vote that, that it comes down the second one tomorrow <laughs> night in Irving, Texas? He will not, Fitz. He's going to stay home, bigger campus issues to attend to. So Ward, uh, I think, wisely is, is deciding to stay in Ann Arbor. 
Adam Rittenberg, you can check out his piece on ESPN.com about the latest on the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. Big developments there. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See you, Adam. So, so it feels like Fitz bleep is getting real, right? I mean, there's no other way to say it. Hell like, that's yes. what it feels like, that this is we've, – we've heard all the allegations. We've all sort of laughed at some of it, right? It, it, at first, it seemed not serious. Then some of the stuff, the allegations start feeling more and more serious. And now we're getting to a point of actual potential ramifications. It went from we all do this, but, my, but you know, hey, they've crossed a line. Uh, if they are using video technology or any kind of technology to be able to try and steal signs, they, they essentially, to put it in, in, in baseball terms, where sign stealing is an art. If you're on second and a catcher's throwing down signs you, and, and, and he's tipping them and you can see them, what are you trying to do? You're trying to tell your teammates, hey, you know, this is what's coming. Whatever, whatever, that, that, was, that was practiced league-wide. Sign stealing on the basic, like having a guy with binoculars, you know, uh, somewhere, whatever. That was commonplace. Every coach I've talked to, every mm-hmm. coordinator I've talked to. But when you start using technology, now you've gone to the Houston Astros. Now you're banging on trash cans. Now Jose Altuve is wearing a buzzer. And Connor Stallions from Michigan was wearing a buzzer. And that's where it really got heated. And then what really sent this over the top is Central Michigan, where Connor Stallions is allegedly seen in the bench area in that awful explanation from Jim McElwain, head coach of Central Michigan, who was Michigan's wide receivers coach under Harbaugh in 2018, saying, oh, I didn't even know that guy was there. Man, BS. Well, you know, how, how it happened, I have no idea. Every coach knows every person that is in that bench area. If I set foot when I'm calling a game, you worked, you worked Florida, Tennessee with me. You saw what happened when I kind of stepped foot over a little bit. It's like, hey, 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 No one is allowed in there unless they allow you in there and they know you're in there. And he's got spy glasses on. You saw that little blue light come up in the corner of his glasses whenever he tapped the side of him. And then when you saw the camera on him, he's kind of ducking his head. I mean, come on. That's when this whole thing really got ratcheted up to a whole nother level. And now – it looks like they may have to actually pay the price, but you're the, you have the big lawyer brain. So when it comes to this aspect, if the big 10 comes in and says, we are suspending Jim Harbaugh and there's zero doubt in my mind that the joint group executive committee will allow commit their, their, their conference commissioner, Tony Petitti to enact more than just a two game suspension. What ground does Michigan have to fight this thing? So, I mean, now this is a very preliminary review, but assuming that the Big Ten is doing everything, crossing their T's, dotting their I's, and doing everything as they're supposed to under the sportsmanship policy, which is why you see this initial letter today, right? Because that is step one on what they have to do to inform the university, give the university an opportunity to respond on Wednesday. So far, they're following protocol here in order to be able to issue some discipline down the road. And assuming that they do all those things the proper way, then it is going to be hard, I would imagine, for Michigan to have much of a leg to stand on. However, it doesn't mean that they're not going to try. And I believe that the goal there would be what you just heard Adam allude to, where you're trying to run to a court to get some sort of injunction where you could convince a judge enough. There's enough here where you at least can't, we need to pause. We need to take a pause on this. You need to issue an injunction so they can't issue any sort of disciplinary action or suspension right now. There's some things that we need to argue about in court first, 
And that doing that might save them for this college football season or this Big Ten championship. And maybe that's the goal there if you feel like you're losing Harbaugh after this season anyways. Maybe you feel like this is your one opportunity at a natty. And if you could get a judge to issue an injunction and sort of punt on all of this disciplinary action into the future, then maybe you could capitalize on trying to get that done this season. But what Adam just said, I thought was really poignant where he said, we don't even know if this is applicable to the college football postseason, right? Because that gets into some minutia there because that's outside arguably the control of the big 10. So would they even be suspended for that? Are they going to court for an injunction just for the big 10 championship? And also don't forget a lot of this could be fodder right now. They're just telling us at ESPN. They're just issuing those statements. We will fight this in court. You know, it's like they're trying to put that in the minds of the big 10 before the big 10 actually issues its discipline. Well, I'd completely agree with commissioner Petiti in saying that this is a this you don't punish the players. They didn't do this. That's what drives me nuts a lot about the NCAA where, you know, you have a coaching staff that cheated, they're they're gone, they have new jobs now, and the new players, the new staff, they're the ones that have to pay the piper. That drives me nuts. And in fairness all, though, how else do you I mean it's very difficult you, to do you, it any other way. Yeah, right? But, but this you is about punish punishing Harbaugh. Program. This is about punishing the the coach, having him suspended and not being allowed to coach, whether it's the two games or even more so if the the joint committee decides this was much more egregious than just a two-game suspension, which Rittenberg said everyone he's talked to, the committee would say, yeah, slap as many damn games on Harbaugh as you want. It's about punishing the coach and not the players, and I'm all in favor of that. Major discipline takes a vote. That vote seems like it would probably be an easy one at this point with the reaction to this Michigan sign-stealing scandal. But what does it actually mean? Is Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL anyways? Will he get disciplined? We'll end up talking about this later in the show. Coming up next, though, we will hear from a former Jets wide receiver as we head into Chargers Jets. Eight weeks ago tonight that he ruptured. 